0: Welcome to Real Film Review, the show that delivers short, spoiler-free reviews of films, TV shows, and limited series, followed by a deep-dive discussion, brought to you by your host, Chris Cheney. Here is Real Film Reviewed. Welcome to episode 25 of Real Film Reviewed. Today we have a very special treat for you as we review Netflix's new hit series, Squid Game. Joining me in a little bit for the deep dive discussion is none other than DJ Scoob, host of the podcast Undiscovered Entrepreneur, available on Spotify. Let's get into the spoiler-free review. Hundreds of people in debt accept a mysterious invitation to compete in a high-stakes tournament made up of Korean children's games, the consolation prize, 45.6 45.6 billion won, which estimates to roughly 38 million dollars. All right, let's talk about the cast a little bit. So this cast was widely unknown to many in the United States, but could possibly and most likely are very popular in South Korea. I've seen at least one person before, which was the actor who played the character known as the front man. I know the director also has done previous films with a few of the people that are featured in this series. So in foreign films and television series series, there's always two sets of actors. We have the actors on screen that we're obviously watching and then you've got the actors that are the voice actors that do the ADR, which is the automated dialogue replacement. That's basically just the process of re-recording an actor's dialogue in a quieter environment. And so it's largely used when there are scenes that on screen it's too loud or there's something in the sound that they need to cut out or emphasize or something like that. Sometimes directors will go as far as wanting there to be a different mood captured or something different emphasized. So they'll go in and they'll re-record it. It's largely used in foreign films and shows to dub over whatever language it is. So in this show, for me, I don't really mind. uh, I don't mind subtitles. It's a small adjustment to be made to enjoy what is usually always a great watching experience. If you can get over the ADR mood not matching well with the on-screen action, then this show is fine to be watched, dubbed or subbed. So moving on to the action of the show. The series uh, visually is amazing. We know that it follows various games that are children's games that are played in this tournament. The way the games were set up, the colors, the props that were used in the games, even their cool warm-up suits were uh, pretty awesome. They were uh, pretty color-coordinated. There were differences in color of the uniforms from who we call the guards or the henchmen, whatever you want to call them, and the participants. You know, the henchmen wore red, the participants wore, red, uh, wore green. I thought that was very ind- because you know the first game was the children's game Red Light Green Light. I had to give you the name of one of the children's games just so you knew or have had kind of an idea of what we were talking about when I said children's games. The games were for the most part largely made up of Korean children's games so really the only one that I really recognized was Red Light Green Light. So each game everyone had to play and you had to successfully complete each game or win the game in some of them in order to advance to the next game leading up to the final game and the grand prize. So there were three rules that we'll learn that you do learn at the very beginning in the very first episode. There's three rules that the players all have to adhere to uh, for the playing of the game. And we do have a great collection of characters and the competition itself is designed to show you who each person truly is. They're all given numbers such as player 456, player one, things like that, to identify the participants. The numbers are written on their uniforms. So anything that, that they have on always has their number on it so there's no confusion that their numbers in there and that they're all the same in there but truly the game is a little bit more than about more than that it's about separating those numbers and seeing who's weak and who is victorious Moving into the technical aspects of it, this was again a very aesthetically pleasing series from the colors used to the way that they used the props of the games. For example, there was a game involving mannequins. Just a lot of storytelling pieces there, which I'll dive into in a little bit. The action was wonderfully choreographed as well. There were a few scenes that were rather graphic, but one thing I really enjoy about foreign films or series is that it's not overdone. It's reasonably placed and accurate to the scene. It's not overly gory for those of you that were concerned probably about some of the things that you've been hearing. It's not overly gory, but the graphic scenes are quite graphic. The concept was great, and while there were a few surprises beginning immediately in the first episode, it was a little a little bit predictable. There were subtle hints and paths that the story took that gave you an idea of what might be going on, and we'll discuss those things more in detail shortly. There were several continuity errors throughout the show and a couple of contradicting statements made. Small things like disappearing and reappearing blood, nothing major, nothing that would take you out of the show. Just a few things that I kind of noticed that was like, okay, well, how did that get there? They all had clean uniforms on. Just little things like that. I'm not going to say more than that at this point because I want to leave a lot of the surprise and the awesomeness of this show with those that choose to watch it. So with that, I will move on to my real review. My real review is four and a half stars. The reasons for giving it that rating or that review mainly were for the the reasons that I mentioned. Possibly more on that in the next part of the show. The series was written and directed by Dong Huak Wang, starring Zhang Jia Li, Hai-su Park, Lee Bong Hong, and Hideo Kumera. It is rated TVMA with a runtime of 60 minutes each episode, and there are nine episodes total. It is viewable on Netflix. All right, here is the spoiler alert warning. Those new to Real Film Reviewed, after this point, I will discuss this review further, potentially and likely revealing spoilers. Thank you for listening to the spoiler-free review. I'll be back after a word about my sponsors. Welcome back, everybody, to Real Film Reviewed. I am with my special guest, DJ Scoob. DJ, what's going on, sir?
1: Hey, everybody, what's going on? It's so great to be here.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So yeah, I'm super excited. We've been promoting this all week long. We both watched Squid Game all the way through. We're going to dive into the deep dive discussion about this show on Netflix. So DJ first. Yes. What was your favorite game?
1: You know, what's funny is I watched all the games and I enjoyed every single one of them. But the funny thing is the very first game, Red Light, Green Light, I think was by far my favorite game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I know we talked about that a little bit ago and I'm so glad that we we had that discussion first because I did refine my answer. My favorite game was also red light green light for a number of reasons. And I think really the biggest thing was that was our first exi- we nobody knew what was going on when that game started. We were like, "Okay, they're going to play this children's game." We had kind of an idea of what kind of thing it was, what was going to happen, but nobody expected that first bullet. At least me, I didn't expect that first bullet. And when that started happening in this just massacre, it (laughs) grabbed me and (laughs) I was hypnotized. But I did want to get your your thoughts on it because we had talked a little bit about you have more of, well, way more of an anime knowledge and uh, background than (laughs) I do. So I wanted to see, because you had mentioned to me about, you know, the color schemes and things like that. So in that first game, Obviously, there was a whole lot going on, the doll, everything. So can you kind of just talk about that?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. First of all, I, like you said, I'm big into anime. I've been watching anime since about 1983. So I've kind of seen the progression happening. But when I watch this film, I get the feeling of a live action anime happening. The main reason, because the color configurations between the room's and the difference between you got two basic worlds happening here, you have the world, the real world and the world of the games. So if you look between the real world and the real world of the games, the color configuration and the real world is very dark, very gray, not very much color. But if you go into the games, even though these games are like very dangerous and very deadly, they're very bright colors. The color configurations seem very happy for some reason. I give, I kind of get the feeling between that and this, it kind of gives a broad difference between the two. And when it comes to red light, green light, the, if you look along the walls, they're like colorful and cloudy and a nice day. And you got the creepy girl, oh my gosh, the creepy girl that was slouching everything, watching her head spinning around for red light, green light. just drove me crazy watching that happen. The other thing I really liked about red light, green light, and this is Sound a little morbid, but the body count was huge.
0: Yeah, I think (laughs) that was probably the biggest one that they had. (laughs)
1: yeah absolutely and the other thing too is if you actually look at the blood splatter that was happening in the bodies that was very anime like if you watch a lot of animes like i do blood splatter is very accentuated where they actually did that even though it was a it was a gunshot even it was a big shot the blood splatter was all over the place to kind of accentuate that happened
0: in the comic when you see it visually there's always the splatter itself is almost like a character
1: or characteristic that's for darn sure definitely (laughs) so that's definitely my take on Red Light Green Light.
0: Did you watch it in Korean? I know you even No,
1: I didn't watch it in Korean. <laughs> I like feel I you know, I got to tell you I'm lazy. I <laughs> <laughs> I hate reading my movies just because I feel like it kind of takes away from I have to bring my eyes down here to read the words and not pay attention to the movie itself. Now if you watched it already two or three times and then go back and then watch it in Korean and actually get the words. It's probably better for me to do it that way. But you know, everybody has their own thing. So (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. And that's, that was another good thing. I was glad that we both watched it different ways because I'm a big fan of the original. And the reason for that usually for me is because of the ADR, the recorded audio just doesn't match what's going on. You know, that scene in the beginning with who we're calling the thief, she splashes that guy with coffee. And <laughs> if you watch that scene in English, just versus Korean, it's wild. It's like, oh, wow, that's hot versus, Why you, that hot? you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like no you really feel like he got splashed with something you know and I can understand the challenge of the voice actors as well trying to but you know I'm to me I'm always wondering like are they watching what's going on screen as they're but That's you know at the what same I was time, thinking you're, too yeah. yeah you know you should be you should know your lines the same you shouldn't be reading from a script if you're recording like this you should already know them if you're going to be a A truly talented voice actor, in my opinion, because you're going to want to be watching on screen and saying the lines with that gave me a little bit of an insight to the voice, the voice actors and what, what they might be going through with this. But I'm glad that you brought that up. It gave me more of an opportunity to see what was going on screen because I totally agree. That's the reason why I don't watch things in English captioned. And there's a large population that does, even in English, they'll watch things captioned. And I'm like, well, I'm also kind of an editor and I used to do captioning. So sometimes <laughs> if the captions don't match what they're saying, I'm like, OK, well, I can't. I have my reasons, but I do definitely see the value in watching the films. So slightly different question, kind of on, on the same area. What was your favorite scene?
1: My, oh, boy, I didn't even think of that. There's just so many. I, I, the first thing that comes to my mind in the scenes is, is during the marble game having that our main character 456 and 001 doing it together and then 456 lying to 001 about what he has and that kind of touched my heart a little bit because you know he didn't want to he didn't want to lie to him but he knew he had to save his spot in this game, <laughs> and then zero yeah. zero one snuck in there with that extra marble, yeah. and you knew that you knew then that who was actually playing who during that entire time was zero zero one actually playing four five six, knowing that he was going to lie about the whole thing anyway, but he still lost, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I, I and what I liked about that scene specifically is the what was going on at the same time, because, you know, we see the thief, but we also see the punk who I'm calling the <laughs> punk 218 with 199. And that's a very different scene, clearly intentional backstabbing. That's pretty much how 218 was playing the entire time. But yeah, that's that's that was definitely a touching moment. And it really kind of let us see four five six and i I kind of said that I was like he acted the same way throughout the whole game, even when he when he first started and when he went back he he kept that same righteous. he's like, no, I'm just broke. I'm not a bad person
1: <laughs> like yeah. some of
0: these you know his friend was slightly a bad person i know he was down on his luck and everything too but i mean he was responsible for quite a bit of that himself too so i didn't really have a whole lot of sympathy for 218 at all
1: true yeah that that whole marvel scene though i think it was a very emotional scene because every one of those people there knew they were getting down to the last part of thing and they were all desperate to to survive to the next game but it really you started hearing a little more backstory of 067 and what and about her brother about 199 and his family trying to, you know, survive and that kind of thing. And it did bring a tear to my eye once that all kind of came about. It really did. It was a very emotional game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. My favorite scene. This was my, my thing when you asked my favorite game. I had confused that with my favorite scene. So my favorite game is oh. different than my favorite scene. My favorite <laughs> scene was, I don't know what they're calling it. I call it the glass game. That was, I think that was the, what, the very last one.
1: Yeah, the second to last one. Yeah, second um, to last one. Yeah. I, I I call that the glass bridge. So and, uh, that was yep, the glass bridge.
0: So my well, my favorite scene was the crazy chick. Was she two two twelve? The bully one oh one. The bully
1: one oh one. Yeah, so one oh one and two twelve.
0: <laughs> And that was my favorite. And I knew, you know, once, once he stopped and he was like, all right. And I was like, I knew he was going to be a punk about that. I knew he was going to do that. Like he's going to make somebody else walk forward so that he can follow them. Like if once it came down to him. I knew he was going to do that. So I was ready for that. And then when the camera turned and she was standing there, it was perfect for me. I was like, oh, yes, we have been waiting for this because she said she was going to get him. Yeah, that was my favorite scene. A lot of a lot of build up to it and a lot of emotion and a lot of what is she going to do? It was literally to me that it was a, even though it was the glass bridge, it was a tug of war because when she got onto the same glass with him and she turned, I was like, why would she do that? He could just push her. Into the glass, you know, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. and then when she turned around, I was like, oh, snap, I think I know what's gonna happen. (laughs) And then when she grabbed him, and then obviously throws him over and he just and it's kind of funny how he breaks down because at first. You know, he goes, it's like he goes through all of the phases to try and plead for his life. And she's really not caring. And he's thinking that she still wants to save her own life. And I don't know if, if uh, you remember, I actually had forgotten until I rewatched uh, the first episode. But she was the woman at the beginning that was talking about she had a daughter and a baby or a baby. Yeah. Oh. And so we really didn't know, you know, this chick was nuts this whole time. We really didn't know what was true and not true with her. And I think he was really in that moment, starting to realize she's really crazy. She doesn't care about her life. And if she doesn't care about her life, she doesn't care about mine. And he kind of breaks down and he's like, please, please let me go. You know, (laughs) and then he gets angry again because he realizes, you know what, it's pointless. And then so their, their true characters both came out. So I'm glad that he didn't completely abandon his bully nature but he did have that human component to attempt one small attempt to try and plead for his life before she was like, nope, and hoisted him over. It was just bad. <laughs> and you know, there's there's no safety net, they're gone.
1: Oh, and yeah, that was just wild true. to me. And one thing i really like to mention about the Tug of War game was we actually watched Brain triumph over Braun and that thing because the, he, uh, zero zero 001, the old man, took the physics of the game instead of the the muscle of the game and physics one so that really impressed me i i never really yeah. thought about total war that way until he really broke it down and it's, it it worked
0: <laughs> and i loved how they did that i loved how they how they had his audio recorded over the scene of them coming up as he was explaining it and basically like it was a little instruction video and I didn't know if that was kind of how anime movies had been how it how it would kind of film like that I didn't know if that was kind of a play on it I have seen maybe one anime on screen and read half of one I read half of Chainsaw Man which I'm still in the middle okay So yeah yeah so, yeah, a lot of blood spatter in that one.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. And you know, they're just all right over the floor there. Um, I think the one thing, I, I read something on my Twitter saying that uh, somebody was upset that the amount of time it took him to actually explain the game wasn't the amount of time they actually had in the elevator. <laughs> so, I mean... <laughs> but you know okay that's all right that's you don't know how high after.
0: up that really was
1: <laughs> true true that was pretty high if it was the whole time cuz it was like 2 minutes yeah. of explanation that he's going up in this elevator yeah so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well you have to leave something for the imagination but yes that's a fair call out <laughs> probably it's yeah. especially with how slow he was saying it too. and that's what i was saying i was like well he's going to have to hurry up with these instructions tell everybody what to do <laughs> And that was actually kind of a good showing of 218. The whole show, we were talking about how he's this Marvel and this, what do they call him, a prodigy because he went to SNU, top of his class, and he's just this genius and really the best example of genius that I ever saw was in this game where he was like let's try this one thing that was pretty much the
1: the genius that
0: I saw the way he played the game was not that didn't have anything to do with his intelligence that just had everything to do with people thinking that they knew who he was and they didn't and that's okay that's a common human error but
1: it is but if you really think about it his genius is actually what got him as far as he did not so much of him being, a. of course, he's a horrible person, what he did, but it took smarts to be that horrible. Exactly.
0: And so, courage, because, yeah. you know, it's not like anybody truly wants to do that, but it is. That's the name of the game. And that's how you win. I mean, and that was clear from the very first game. And I think he was understanding that that was it. So and <laughs> my other thing, too, and that's that's a good point. I'm glad that you that you kind of defended him a little there, because that's a fair point. He everybody. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> everybody <laughs> came back. Not everybody, but anybody that did come back after they left, they went back knowing what was going on and what they didn't know what the games would be, but they knew that people would die and they knew that they were going to play a game that was going to win money. So everybody, I think, went back knowing what he kind of just thought, not necessarily that he knew, but the way that he behaved was like, OK, well, I'm going to play this game. <laughs> and He voted to stay. So, <laughs> I mean, you can't be mad at him. At least he showed his face the whole
1: time. That's very true
0: right surprises that you didn't see coming
1: i got two surprise number one the doctor if you look in the game there there's like an underground thing happening between the doctor who was one 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 and a few of the shapes we'll call them shapes the minions the shapes the shape workers (laughs) shape workers i like that that's good basically they realized he was a doctor so they started using him to harvest organs of the people that were already dead to sell i'm assuming in the black market being where they are and i didn't see that coming until like i saw him actually marking the the caskets and then i realized hey wait a minute there's just something going on where the casket would drop down to the doctor where he can do his harvesting and i was trying to put that together but i didn't get it until they started marking casks. Aha, uh-huh. I don't know much more about what was going on there after that because they ended up killing the doctor off. But
0: <laughs> yeah, for me, that I guess, now that I think back on it, I think that was just because like me watching it, I just thought, oh, so this is the whole reason why they're doing this. But me having a medical background, I'm like, you can't take organs out of a dead body. The organs aren't viable at that point. So they need to be kind of alive. And then we clearly saw that when the guy was kind of, halfway living a little bit and they just put them in the box that's when it kind of put it together for me so i'm like they can't be getting that many because these people are really dying you know they're (laughs) they're dying pretty quick i thought maybe this was the whole reason why this was going on but with the amount of organs that they were getting and they were missing shipments and things like that i'm like i didn't buy it it did at first it was what i thought was the purpose of the games and i think that's what maybe (laughs) what they thought was going to, maybe that's, maybe that's what they wanted us to think because outside of that, it was really random.
1: It was definitely random. And honestly, I don't think harvesting enough organs would be enough to do what they actually did. I mean, can you think of the astronomical costs of everything that they did on that Island? Or even Just the building island the stuff.
0: sets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. So and then the other thing that surprised me, and I think we talked early about how this surprised you too, is who the front man actually was, and that the yeah. front man is. I don't want to say he's the leader, but he is definitely head of a, of everything that was going on, and who he ended up being. Just I had to take it like a triple take, like what?
0: Yeah, so, did it do the, the scoop? <laughs> that's kind of that's <laughs> how I did it.
1: <laughs> so. But yeah, it it definitely threw me for a loop. If you look, there's kind of a little side story between a a police officer whose brother ended up missing. So he snuck his way onto the island and they found out, or he found out, that the front man was actually his brother. What? Right before he dies. Yeah. Yeah, right before he (laughs) dies. So...
0: That was the piece that surprised me that I didn't see coming was the brother because of the first episode when the detective goes to you clearly he's talking to his mother. I figured that out from the conversation and he's clearly investigating something and he obviously he runs into 456 in the process of doing that he sees the card and then goes back to his brother's apartment where he sees the same card and that's what threw me off was because I would have never thought the front man was the brother because the brother, we all thought died in the first game because he's clearly not there. And the apartment that he lived in was the same as was actually maybe either the same size or smaller than the shape workers (laughs) rooms. And he had a, a lot of his stuff there and he had the little card and everything there too. So it just really appeared like he is in the game. And if he was the front man, How would, I mean, he, they're not even, it's a mysterious game that not that many people know about, obviously. So leaving his apartment in the conditions that he had been killed in this game, it was just, that was also interesting to me. So it was, were you trying to tell your brother what was going on? You know, like, I don't, I don't know why he would have staged his apartment for something that he was trying to hide.
1: Well, it definitely threw me off all the way towards the very end there. The one thing that kind of, kind of on my mind at this point is what happened between I mean, when he found out about the game, he I'm sure he found out about the game like everybody else did. He was in trouble financially. Somebody dropped him the card. He ended up into the games. My question is, what happened between him going into the games and then him becoming the front man? What did he do to actually become the front man? So I'm thinking, and I don't know if I'm a little early saying this, I'm thinking there actually might be a prequel that has to do with how the front man became the front man because that whole storyline is just left way open.
0: And I've talked about this show as The Hunger Games meets Saw. Kind of a little. That's kind of how I've described Ah. it. And uh, I'm thinking that at least my, my thinking and along the sequel thinking, sequel, prequel thinking, is the front man clearly had to have won one of the games. So he had to have been a past winner, in my opinion. But that's pretty much all we have we didn't we didn't really get any confirmation about what his actual backstory was aside from knowing who he was we didn't know how he ended up connecting to the game so completely right and obviously the last surprise well i don't know if that's the last surprise for you but one of the other surprises in the story which we'll get to in a minute but his connection to I'll, i'll just leave it at that the connection with the the brother to the actual head of the games you know how that came about so that's why i was thinking well if the you know with who ended up being the head of the games which we know that's that's the old man but was he a past winner and that's that's the way I'm thinking was he a past winner and then he just showed a lot of I don't know a lot of enthusiasm didn't want to go back to his old life or he won all of that money and became like all of the rich that were involved in this games so did you see that coming with the old man being the head of the games
1: you know I'm going to be honest with you I was pulling for the old man the whole time as much as i wanted four five six to win because you know he's the main guy that we're following i really would have liked to see the old man win just because Uh, that's the kind of guy i am you know Yeah, he's he's old but he's got the spunk and even though he's got a brain tumor i still want him to see now we kind
0: of thought that maybe he would have a chance because he like okay well it would be something like the person who has a death sentence to win you know (laughs) so yeah i thought about that too i was but my thinking the whole time was This isn't like Hunger Games where there can only be one winner. There probably will only be one winner because everybody realizes after a certain period that every time someone dies, their money goes up. It's like fewer people, more winnings. You see that it's going to be kind of stacked that way. But that's what I was thinking, too, is that the old I didn't think that the old man would just die quickly, like some people may have thought. I don't really know anybody that really did think that. But
1: I, I really didn't see him as a threat until the very end of the movie when we actually were revealed that the old man was actually the head of all the games, mind blower. That was for me. Some people might be able to pick that out, but for me, that was the last person I thought that would be able to do something like he did. It was, that was just really crazy for me to, to just comprehend that he was the leader of everything.
0: That one, surprisingly, I actually did figure out, but not until, and I didn't really give myself credit for figuring it out because it was so late. But the, there was a couple of things that took place that, that tipped me off to it. The first was when the VIPs got there and they stated, is the host going to join us? Or we thought the host was going to join us or something like that. And he was indisposed. So that lets you know that the front man automatically is not the head honcho as we had believed. At that point, I thought that was interesting because why would they say that? Why would they ask for the host? So it was clear that we needed to know there was still a, an unseen person. And we didn't learn that until the VIPs asked about it. And so that at that moment, we realized, oh, so the frontman's not the main guy so there's another guy at no point up until that moment did we know that there was another person in my thinking I'm like well why would he not be there this is when I started to put it together because when you see these vips they've got these masks and this super overly luxurious room and <laughs> they're talking about and to me it, it it fell I fell back on my knowledge and what I gained during hunger games I'm like okay these are people that are super rich, super bored. And then there's also that game. What was that book? Yeah, I know you know it. It wasn't a book. I think it was a story. The uh, the greatest game ever played or something like that where the the guy hunts men. He brings them to this island and he hunts men. And I know there's another show about it called The Hunt that they're kind of playing that. But basically, they rich people find humans and they hunt them because they're supposed to be the greatest game or something like that. So that's what I was thinking. I kind of got that greatest game vibe that that's what this was. And in my thinking, I'm like, he's playing. He's not there and he hasn't been there and we haven't known anything. And, you know, I'm like, okay, so he's playing. So who is he? And then it was a matter for me. It was a matter of who is it? And at that point, it was obvious to me. And I wasn't sure. And also, comic book rule, no body, no death. We didn't see him. Yet we didn't see him. We also didn't. And we didn't see the chick either. And that was kind of, I think that was a little foreshadow. So when the crazy chick got carried out, backing up a little bit, when she got carried out because she was the odd man out, we thought she was going to get killed. But oh, they I didn't totally kill,
1: thought, they didn't totally kill her in front
0: gone. of everybody, though. Yes. <laughs> and they killed everybody else. And for so if they were going to kill her, they would have just done it. So I was like, okay, well, she, I wonder what they're doing with her because they didn't, they're not going to kill her obviously. And then she popped up. So I feel like that may have been in a foreshadow a little bit because we didn't, we didn't see 199 either though, but we did hear, we heard the announcement. We saw the shot and all that, but we, again, nobody, no death. So we don't really necessarily know for sure. But the old man became obvious to me. The next time I saw him in the game, I'm like, it's gotta be him. What I was thinking was, I kind of thought a little bit of Willy Wonka too. It was that he was in there because that's what I started to think. I was thinking that he was in there trying to find the righteous in the middle of this bloodbath. That was another piece to it. So my mind kind of went everywhere about the story, but it was kind of all of these, these rules that I'd been taught in all of these movies to kind of try and put things together. So when he I didn't expect it at the very end when he was in the in the bed to reveal himself, I had actually kind of forgotten about it up to that point. Mm-hmm. But when I saw him again, I was like, ah, I knew it. I knew it.
1: <laughs> I love, we're going to call it the Willy Wonka theory. Yeah, so, like that. <laughs> I like it. That's awesome. <laughs> Being involved in the games to find the righteous. We'll call that the Willy Wonka theory. Yeah, I was the same way too. I don't remember if they actually, if I actually saw them shoot 001 in the scene they pulled away from that, where you don't actually physically see him being shot. You do see him fall. I think you see like in a corner, but I don't remember if they actually announced that 001 was eliminated. Yeah. They would,
0: I would assume, but yeah, I don't remember hearing it either.
1: That's that was just mind blowing for me.
0: We'll talk about the VIPs a little bit. I mean, we only see one VIP, but I don't really necessarily know any significance to them. Do you think there's any significance to them? I think maybe these are the people that are in there are a collection of the people that are indebted to these individuals.
1: Uh, you know, that's a good thought. I didn't think of it that way. I just thought of these as just a bunch of rich guys that paid a bunch of money to to watch this game and, and you could actually listen to them bet. I bet you yeah. this person's gonna win, I'll bet you two million dollars. I think they're they're just, just these old guys that have so much money they don't know what to do with just yeah. to have quote unquote fun. But as far as anything else goes, I do really don't think they served any other purpose.
0: Yeah, and I mean the uh, the mass at the end of the at the end of the games after everything's closed up, we do, we see that image of all of the gold VIP masks just sitting there. I do see that, but it wasn't necessarily like a huge, I don't really think there was a huge difference either. I felt the kind of the same way that they were just these super rich guys that paid all this money to watch this horrible game. But I mean, it's interesting yeah. if it wasn't gruesome.
1: <laughs> that's, that's for sure. You know, a, a thought just crossed my mind as we're talking about the VIPs. If you look at the very end of the movie, 01, the old man actually had his own mask. So I'm wondering if if he originally was a VIP at one point and decided to invest into the games and become the leader. Um, he was the rabbit mask. And I think somewhere along the lines of the movie, you actually see a flash of a rabbit mask one other time. I just can't remember off the top of my head where that scene's at. It just kind of, apparently from seeing the masks and then 001, the old man having his own mask, I'm wondering how that actually played
0: that's that's interesting too. I didn't even think about that. Is what's the significance of the mask, if there was any. Okay, so moving on to the ending. Yes. Were we satisfied
1: with the ending? There there are some parts that were and some parts that weren't for me. I was disappointed that after four, five, six five, got through all the games, did everything he had to do to survive and got the money, he didn't spend a dime of it until like the last two minutes.
0: What was so different? from meeting the from seeing the old man again and and learning the truth to that moment that has him so why why did he all of a sudden feel okay about using the money
1: a conversation (laughs) that he had with 218's mother and then realizing that he actually needs to use this money to improve other people's lives instead of his own i think that's where he his mindset was finally at the very end of the movie where he uses this money to pay off his debt to Helped 218's mother raise 067's younger brother and gave her enough money to be able to secure that as where like most of this money went to. So I think that was probably where that ended up.
0: Backing up a little bit before that scene, did you uh I knew that it was going to come down to it as the as the game started getting more and more intense, more and more people died. I kind of picked up on the fact that okay, there is gonna be just one winner, and we knew. The opening scene. The name of the the name of the show is Squid Game. Opening scene. We talk about Squid Game, and we get the explanation of what it is. To me, I was confused because it doesn't look like a squid. (laughs) It looks like (laughs) it looks like a children's uh, climbing. It it looks like a, a playground structure. Actually, when it's drawn in the sand, that's what it looked like to me. I I knew probably after the game started starting that the last game was going to end up being Squid Game, and I knew that it was probably going to be four, five, six, and 218 because of the opening scene of how and I'm like, well, it it looked like it could be played with with more than one player, but that scene there was only two. And they talked about playing together. And I'm like, I feel like this is gonna come down to the two of them playing squid game. And sure enough, the very last game was the two of them playing squid game. How did you feel about that game and that scene?
1: I think they almost had to do it that way just because the name of the movie was Squid Game.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. That's the name of the game.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But them actually using a foreshadowing of the original kids game when they were playing and then using it at the end, that actually kind of made sense to me. I'm wondering, why are we explaining this game? at the very beginning. Okay, it's a game, it's a kid's game, cool. But why are we doing it? But then it kind of comes full circle around to the very last game. Now it makes sense why they're explaining that game because it's the last game. And you kind of need to know the rules of Squid Game to kind of comprehend what was happening in that game. So you kind of have to think back to what the rules were. Now they do touch on the rules slightly, the VIPs touch on the rules slightly about how squid games work, but not to the extent of like at the beginning of the movie. So it really makes you think back to the beginning of the game. Not only are you thinking about the squid game, but now your brain's going like, like mentally going through all the games that you've watched to get to squid games. So I think that was more of a psychological kind of step. So it kind of makes you go through the entire show through your head to understand what was happening at that very last.
0: Game. Yeah, I'm a big fan of things ending where they begin. And that was kind of a, a dramatic kind of play on it, but it was, it, it did kind of still end the way that it began. Did you see it coming for 218 to stab himself? I kind of saw that 456 would find some kind of way to quit. When he said that, and he was like, if both of us decide to quit right now, we we can end it. Right. And I was like, oh, okay, 456, that's one way you can do it. <laughs> You don't have to kill him in order to beat him, though. But I get it. Like, I don't know. I was like, he couldn't have lifted him up to where they both won. But he was pretty much already already a goner at that point. But I, I did predict that he was going to try and weasel himself out of officially winning. And I knew that they would determine a winner. But did you see 218 stabbing himself?
1: No, uh, I actually thought the movie was over when they were, they would both vote to leave. And I I thought that's what actually was going to happen. Uh, Even though it would have been a disappointment, because, you know, at that point, you're pulling for four or five, six as much as you want to, because that's just kind of how the movie kind of goes. 218 was doing everything he could to win. I mean, there wasn't so many rules to break, but he was just double crossing everybody to win. So him stabbing himself like that to make sure that four, five, six wins. No, I didn't see that coming at all because he worked so hard to get there just to just to suicide out. So.
0: <laughs> so for me, that was actually something that I, I really enjoyed. Not because I didn't like 218, but I'll tell you why. It's a little bit of a different spin. I don't know too much about Korean culture and heritage and things like that. But through my military experience, I did learn a lot about uh, various Asian cultures. I, I was in Okinawa for a time, so I learned a lot about the Japanese culture. And kind of what I feel about a lot of the Asian culture is that they have a lot of honor and he was not very honorable throughout the show but he was also to be fair I mean he went he had a hard time in his life he went through a lot he was humiliated he had this huge buildup of being this SNU genius but he knew how bad things had gotten for him in the situation that he had put himself in and the money that he had lost for people. So he had acted very dishonorably. And I feel like this was his one, that was his moment of salvation for me. That's what made 218 not a punk because with everything that he did to live was dishonorable that whole game. And I think it finally caught up to him and it got him. And I think his friend, just like what you said, he had been playing the game a certain kind of way. He had done so many things, stabbed so many people in the back, literally To get to that point, 456 didn't do that and he was at the end as well and I think that was I don't want to say good triumphing over evil because clearly they tried to still give 218 that that good identity but I think this was his way of being blown away by his friend by the way that he behaved honorably all the way through the game and even in this moment knowing everything that he had done and I think he kind of just I think it just kind of blew him away and he knew that ultimately he was dishonorable and he had dishonored himself and so the best thing that he could do would be to you know commit suicide. And that is what a lot of like old school, like Japanese summarize would do before giving up or surrendering, you know, they would commit suicide. That was kind of what I saw. I didn't, I was surprised when he actually did it, but after I thought about it for a second, I'm like, you know, that makes sense, you know, to, to keep true to the Asian culture and to that vibe, because they don't really have characters like that in too many things where they're shysty like that. So I really appreciated that little, that little nod to the heritage.
1: Absolutely. I I think it was just his last chance of retribution after everything that he's done and everything that he did to every people. That was his last chance to make the wrong thing right. So, yeah, I could see that now.
0: All right. So I do have one final question because this this Uh was one. Yeah. And and I know that you're the authority on this. So help me out. What? What was the significance or why the red hair at the end? What?
1: What was that about? What was he thinking?
0: Was was he doing like what the sisters do when they're just done with their man and they got to go and shave their head (laughs) because they need to cut their hair out? I think
1: (laughs) if if you want my take on that, I think he was just looking for, it's kind of like a transformation. If you look what happened to him after the games were over, he let himself go. I mean, he was shaggy. He did look good. He looked
0: exactly like he did in the beginning, but with longer hair.
1: Yeah, exactly. And he knew that, uh when he had that transformation between okay now i'm going to start spending the money on the on helping other people he wanted to transform himself into you know something different so i think that i think the red hair even though all he did was have to look a picture while he was sitting at the barbershop, i don't know what that's about i think he was just kind of using it as a transformation into his new personality and where he what he wants to be and where he wants to go. So if I was to say anything about why we chose that wild red, whatever the heck was going on there, hair thing and cleaning himself up, I would probably say that's why. Cause he's using it as a transformation into what he actually wants to be now after his his moment so
0: yeah and that's what I was thinking I mean clearly we can see that where he's going along he's like no 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 that one so that's it's clear that he's trying to pick that one because it's the most different the way that it looked in the picture is not how it looked on him so cinematically it kind of impacted the film the filming a little bit because of the the lighting it made him look yellow and it made uh, there were scenes where the his where the sun was reflecting off of his hair and it made it look like a fire like almost just like a burning glow so his hair was like orange in the front his face was yellow and then you had red over here so color wise and filming wise that was a really bad clash so I was like yeah they probably could have chosen a different color or a different red because the picture red I and mean, what they actually gave him was a little bit different, but I was thinking at the end when he was in the suit and he was talking, you know, he called the number and everything after he, you know, told the guy on, on, you know, in the subway, don't do it. You're not going to go. And he took the card and he calls the number and everything Th- that scene with the way that everything looked, it kind of made me think. And he turned around and walked back and I'm like, you know, that's interesting because he, he's got the red hair and the jumpsuits were kind of that color for the shape workers. And we know the green and everything was the, was the color of the jump up the jumpsuits for, you know, the players. But I was curious. I'm like, that's going to be interesting. So possibly maybe another, another little squid to maybe not a prequel, but maybe a sequel. Maybe they'll go back and forth in that one. Who knows? But that's what I was thinking is that maybe he goes back as a worker and tries to play and tries to end the games at the core. Maybe he tries to go after front man. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so it appeared like he was going to take over. And then obviously that's when we see that same guy on the subway trying, you know, playing the game. And then that's when 456 goes up to him and he's like, no, you don't go. And he takes the card from him and then he calls the card. So it, the game was still going on because that guy was still there. So he knows at that point when he sees him, he knows the game is still going on. So there has to be somebody that took it up after because he knows the old man died. But that's the that was the part that we saw. And I only know that because I had to go back and watch it twice because they did a little flashback of the front man when he was working with the old man. And then it flashed back to him walking out after the old man died. So I had to make sure I was like, wait, what did I just watch? Was that a past scene? Okay, cool. All right. So I I did go back and rewatch that little scene because I looked away for just a second and came back and was totally confused. My little possible squid too.
1: Yeah. I got confused a little bit right at the end because the voice on the phone tell him to get on the plane and he did I'm still kind of curious at the significance because what I'm thinking was he was going to the U.S. to be with his daughter.
0: Well, he stopped because he of the game. And that's why. So he,
1: yeah, he knew it was 456.
0: Yeah, he said he's yeah, he told him and I knew that I knew he wasn't going to pass that because when he called the number, I was like, well, he's not going to pass because they know who they know who everybody is. They vetted everybody. So and they knew who he was, too. And he was like, player 456, (laughs) don't get any don't get any funny ideas or something like that. Right. And then that's when he turns around. So that's what my thinking was, is that he's going to try and go back somehow to the game and infiltrate the game and end it at its core. That was my thinking. But yeah, that was the reason why he had turned around, at least from. Well, we don't know why he turned around. We know that he was going, but he turns around after that phone call.
1: Yeah, that's what kind of caught my interest in him turning around and not going on the plane to what I'm assuming he was going to go visit his daughter
0: all right well that is it thank you very much for joining me today dj i really always a pleasure speaking with you great talking with you today on the show do you want to promote your podcast
1: absolutely thank you so much first for having me on the show this has been a blast i haven't had this much fun in a long time so i really appreciate having on and talking about something so amazing as far as my show is concerned my show is The Undiscovered Entrepreneur. I run an entrepreneur podcast. So if you look up any kind of entrepreneur thing that you'll probably find me, you could find me on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, all the big ones. If you have any questions about anything, you could always hit me up on Twitter at Scoob. that's S-K-O-O-B 2021. And if you wanna drop me an email, you could drop me an email at UEPodcast2021 at gmail.com. And my podcast will be in re-release on November 16th. That's a Tuesday. So if you really want to kind of get into what my world looks like, which is a lot different because we all work together as podcasters, take a look at me
0: then. Thank you for listening, everyone. Catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Real Film Reviewed. Before I go, show some love for your favorite podcast by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. Check out the Real Film Reviewed website, real-film-reviewed.productions, to stay up to date on episode releases, podcast updates, episode transcriptions, and more. Follow Real Film Reviewed on Twitter at realfilmpkc. Check out the online store Real Merch to pick up some gear to represent transcription service by podcasting network happy watching everyone